Welcome to That Gray Area. I'm Erin. And I'm Vanessa. We're lifelong friends entering that certain time of life that can be a bit of a gray area, somewhere between our beautiful and confused youth and wrinkled wisdom. We'll be taking a look at what being a woman and aging looks like right now. So join us in That Gray Area. Welcome to episode four. Let's talk about sex, baby. Woo! Sex through the decades. Yes. <laughs> how it changes how it has changed how it will continue to change correct and normalizing all the variations of sex and sexuality through the decades definitely there is no one right thing for every person you know a lot and as of, long as everyone likes what's happening it's all good and to really be gentle because as we as women age sex drive and hormones Things can improve, things can ebb, they flow, they wane. Yes. And this is going to be a series on sexuality. This is merely episode one because there's so much sex to talk about. How do you fit it all into one episode? I don't. It's so much sex. So (laughs) very much sex. Yes. Everything like what? Yes. Reclaiming your sexual power. Um, Sex and the media. Social media and the regular media. Dating instead versus married sex. All the sexes. We got a lot of sex to talk about. But we thought we would start, since we are newbies to the podcasting world. And you don't know us that You well. don't know us. And and our experiences are obviously personal to us, but I don't think they're so crazy that they're not very relatable to pretty much everybody out there. And we have very different experiences, which is great. So we each have different stuff to kind of talk about and bring to the table and hopefully spark a conversation Definitely. with the women in your life or... The men in your With life. With the sexual partners in your life. Indeedy. So, <laughs> uh, what do you want to listen? Would you like to start, Vanessa? What do you want to start? What do you want to Yeah. What do you yeah. Do? I'll start. Um, okay. As we touched on in a previous episode, I had a skewed notion of what a woman needs to look like in order to be attractive. And I w- could also say that through early exposure to images and representations of women, I maybe became a little sexualized early, I would say. Hypersexualized at an early age. Yes. I was, I think, a month shy of turning 15 the first time I had sex. And fortunately, I had a boyfriend who I really cared about. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'd been dating him for probably six or eight months. And we were very close and got along really well. And I was very transactional about this. I had decided he was the one I wanted to do it with. So we should do it before we end up breaking up. (laughs) That's funny. I yes. was the same way. I was like, I just want to see what all the all the hubbub's about. Exactly. I just wanted the mystery to be gone. Uh, me too. I am I'm sort of mad at myself that I didn't realize that I probably could have auctioned it off to like some chic for like, because that's a thing. You can literally sell your virginity on eBay, folks. No, um, and I was so like, wrong. it was so transactional. Why didn't I make a few thousand dollars from God, some dude I... who wanted to have sex with a virgin? Okay. <laughs> no, now that you say that, though, my first experience was so lame. Totally. You're not going to get off. You're not. shit for that. No, you're not going to orgasm the first time you have sex. Well, if you're orgasming the first time you have sex, your partner's doing it right. And well done. You're winning. You're winning. You're winning. You're winning. I don't know. I, I, right. Well, honestly, if you are out there and you had an orgasm your first time having sex, I want to hear from you. Absolutely. I don't know one woman, and I'm sure they're out there. Yeah. I mean, because I know there's some women who can just have orgasms just kind of by thinking about it. I'm pretty easily orgasmic. God! Uh, I certainly nope. didn't my first time, though. Yeah. But I would say that um, early on, 
uh, like you, I just couldn't, I couldn't wait to be an adult in every way. I couldn't wait to move out on my own. I couldn't wait to drive a car. I couldn't wait to have sex. I couldn't wait to have a boyfriend. I couldn't wait to travel. I just always felt like childhood and teenage years took too long. I need to start being an adult right now. And it's hilarious because my younger one is exactly that way. Mm-hmm. And I remember being quite sexually aggressive for a woman, I think, in, in my age range. I dated that guy for three and a half years. He was a great boyfriend. Super good experience. Learned a lot sexually about myself. Um, and then as I moved on to a, another partner here and there, the, my first two partners following him both told me I was too aggressive in the bedroom in mm. some way, shape, or form. I've never had anybody tell me I'm too aggressive in the bedroom. <laughs> Ever. I kind of wish. Good I would for like, you. I would, like, literally, like, grab their hips and make them go faster or harder or whatever. And they would be very upset by this. So th- there's a fine line that you probably, I'm sure, learned as you got older how to express what you were. I thought a subtle directional tush-push. Would be, in front. I wasn't sitting there like critiquing them with my golf cart. Like I would just be like, ooh, more, faster. Or, but these, I, I was young. They Fair were young. young. We were all very inexperienced. Yeah. And they probably felt like they weren't doing something that they should have known how to be doing. And I was calling them out on it when really I just knew what I liked. Their little egos were getting in the way. Absolutely. They're fragile, gentle, gentle tender 19-year-old egos. Yeah. You know, that happens. Yeah. But, of course, what did, what did that tell me? That told me that I was doing it wrong. Because not one person was that way with me, but a second person was that way with me. So I learned my needs don't matter in the bedroom. Boys don't like it when you tell them what you want. Aww. And there went orgasms. Because I wasn't getting what I needed, so I wasn't getting off. That's sad. Yes. Oh. So that was my youth. That was, 20s? that was late teens, 20s. Should I talk about my 20s Please. before we move to 30s? Because I think 30s are a big turning point. Oh, definitely. Get in there, girl. Oh, my 20s were just a shit show. They were just pathetic, <laughs> sad sex, no good sex. I mean, really. I honestly don't think I had good sex. Well, I had some fun sex before I met my husband. But I didn't have good sex until I met my husband. And that was 35. So my 20s, every sexual experience I had was so fraught with so much fun fucked up so much unhealthy emotional behavior attached to it that I really had no idea what intimacy was. I didn't know how to ask for what I needed at all. I had some inappropriate quasi hypersexualized experiences that happened to me in my late teenage years that influenced my 20s greatly. And I didn't really, and I'll talk about that at length. I'm not keeping it a secret. It's just not for this show. Or this episode, but I had to spend so much of my late 20s even unraveling that because I would be with my my daughter's dad and this person was coming into my brain sexually. And that's when I was like, oh, beep, beep, this is wrong. Get thee to therapy stat. I, I knew and I didn't know a lot, but I knew that was wrong. Um, so sadly, my 20s, I envy your 20s, your brash give them a little push tush kind of breath. I love that. I mean, good for fucking you. And I'm sad that somebody ever squashed that out of you, which makes me think that we well, really need to be talking about sex a lot sooner with our women, with women. Oh, I agree completely. But, you know, to just going back to that, I mean, the reason I was, I think, so excited about 
that time is because I felt that my only value lied in my sexuality because I felt women's values only lied in their sexuality mm. because of my exposure to all of those Playboy magazines right. or or tool girl posters in my dad's garage. You know, I grew up thinking women were sex objects. So I had to be a sex object. And if boys were going to stay, I had to be really sexy, period. Yeah, we're so, it's so funny looking back at our friendship. I really rode on your coattails all the fucking time because Vanessa was the one who would walk in. We partied a lot. We were dancing. We love. We were dancing queens. Oh, we were. We loved love going to dance dancing. And we love to meet guys. Vanessa literally has a series of photos in a photo album of me giving stink face to men. <laughs> I do. Young it's, guys. It's a photo series. Handsome. I'm really proud of it. <laughs> It was my stink face period. Apparently, like, it was when some cute guy would go up to Erin, she'd sidle up to her and think she's gorgeous because she is, and she'd be like, "What are you doing here? I, Why are you interrupting my good time?" I she and she can, she can say fuck you without saying a word. She just just one little flare of the nostril, and I'm like, "Oh, there it is, there it is, there's the look." Poor fellas, I could have had a lot more fun in my twenties, but. You always, you know, I was sort of in the shadows. You were being very big and very brash and very sexy. And I just sort of had this thing of like, I wanted to be pretty and I wanted to be sexy, but I just, I hadn't worked through all that stuff. For a lot of my 20s, sex was something that was done to me, that I allowed to be done to me. I didn't enjoy it that much. I mean, I did. I liked kissing and making out way better. Oh, kissing and making out is still the fucking best. It, I was the kissing. My mom called me the kissing bandit. Yes. I I mean, I busted. Uh, guys in the valley, you probably kissed me. Yeah. I love, and I got some nice lips for kissing. I'm a good kisser. But I just never took it to that next level because I just didn't really see any value in it. It just felt too. Um, Intimate. Were, yeah. It just was, there was a lot of exposure there and a lot of like having to have trust. Vulnerability. Of, of which I had zero trust in men. Okay. So now that's your 20s. All right. We had a lot of fun. Don't get we me We had wrong. a lot of fun. My first husband was the first person to give me an orgasm though. Outside of myself. Because I'm real good at that. Because I couldn't ask for what I wanted or what I needed. He was the first one to, well, he was certainly my first oral experience. Oh, okay. Yeah. I had, he was the first one to just... Dig in and start trying. <laughs> you guys, there is an art to this. Am I wrong? Women, you can attest to this. This is a sex episode. If you're listening to this, you're not approved. Dig in. I'm, it's true. There's so many parts to a vulva. The external vulva is, there is a lot going on there. Yeah. And, okay. you know, I mean, the sweet spot's really up at the top, right? So a lot of people don't know it's that. It's very they, tiny. And I do feel bad for some men who seem yes. to be much more fixated on the, on whole. the whole. And you're like, no, it's great. But you, you can reach your G spot. Sorry, I just did a fingers up gesture there for those of you at home. But, yeah. you know, there's, there's, you know, the G spots in there, but your tongue can't reach it. So unless you're Gene Simmons, I suppose. But. Ooh, <laughs> fact, gross. But yes, Ew. but he was he was the first person I also felt comfortable being flawed with. Sure. And I, there was no part of me that doubted his love for me. I could have dried up and shriveled up and my vagina fell off and he still would have loved me. He did love you a lot. He did. And so that allowed me the space to start asking for what I wanted. That's awesome. And boy, was he here for it. That's awesome. Oh, he loved that. that. Find yourself a partner who's there. And I, you know, I can't even say, so I ended up dating and having a child with her first husband's best friend. That's how we met. We literally do everything together. It's Super yes, weird. we dated best friends. We did. Yes. And it was really super fun. And 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 he was an open person. I just had no idea how to ask for what I needed. He was the first person I ever told about some trauma that I had suffered. 
And because of that, I wouldn't say it necessarily improved our sexual our sexual relationship because we were both pretty damaged souls, but it definitely brought us closer together, our intimacy, because he was the first person to ever get mad for me That's and want to beat somebody up for me. That's big. And to tell me that what happened was not my fault and it was wrong. And he was real, real mad about it. Yeah. Just feels good to have someone on your team. Right. But I would say when it comes to, you know, a sexual partner who's here for it, that's pretty much all you could ever ask for. It's true. You don't have to know exactly what you're doing. You just have to be willing to learn yeah. likes and dislikes. And to not take it personally if you if you bumble it. Absolutely. Sex should be fun and silly. And depth creating. My mom is the first one to really talk to me. And we've mentioned my mom before, and she's always been a a very open person and and very um, inquisitive and really encouraged us to talk about subjects that a lot of girls don't talk to their moms about. And she was the first person to say like, look, sex is a lot of things. Sex can be really raunchy and like dirty. It can be really intense and passionate. You're gazing into one another's eyes. It can be silly where you bang heads and you're laughing and it's funny and you fart and things happen. And if you have all of those It could be transactional. Like it can if be. you've ever tried to make a baby before, you know exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> like, oh, I'm ovulating. Get over here. Hurry up. Or, hurry up. Yeah. or he just needs something from you and you're... Oh, what, what do you call it? Honey, do you want to throw it down the hallway? <laughs> <laughs> That's with my husband. Oh, my God. And we with my boyfriend, we call it a monkey hump. A monkey hump. Yeah. I mean, and that's the thing is it should be hopefully all those things. And that's something you don't really know... Yeah, when you're younger. It's certainly not in any sex education we ever received. What is the culture? Is it the Kama Sutra that teaches mm-hmm. young men? Oh, yeah. About sexuality? And women. But I mean, why don't they really we... educate women? We're so prudish in this country. And, I, and between the two of us, I'm the prude one. I'm a sexual person. I love sex. I have good sex. I'm, I'm happy in my sex life and in my sexuality. But I, this me here now talking to possible strangers, my butt is a puckered. <laughs> I'm not. I'm She's not. I've been it. looking forward to this episode, and see, I will tell anyone mm. anything mm-hmm. about my sex life. It, don't ask me how I'm feeling about something. You, you know what I mean? Like, I have weird intimacy things, and that I'll talk to anybody about any topic. I'll throw it out there, but I can be real weird about what I open myself up and expose myself to. Indeed. But sex is, is not one of those things. So okay. All right, so... I do know that my parents enjoyed a healthy sex life, and that was imprinted on me. And I should also say I was raised without religion, and I think certain yeah. certain religions can really fuck you up in the way of what's okay and not okay sexually. For sure. And I don't... I think my mom was probably a lot like, a lot like me. That's probably where I get it from, is that that wasn't something... We could talk about sexuality... But she would never talk. And that's I think that's how I feel. I can talk about sexuality in broad, abstract terms, and that's fine. But to talk about my own personal experiences, I find that um, uncomfortable, to say the least. It's, it's, I will talk to you. I mean, we're best friends. We talk about everything. I don't, it's, I feel bad. I had another friend, a work friend, who's a very sexual being. She's very gorgeous and voluptuous and beautiful. And she would want to tell me she was dating and want to tell me about all of her sex stuff. And I was like, babe. She needs to you. talk to me about that. Just, I am here for all for of reals. that. For reals. I'd be like, honey, here's what I want to know. And I've said this to Vanessa, too. I'm like, are you happy? Yeah. Are there problems in your sex life? Are you getting it good? Okay. I don't need to know what position. No details. I no don't, specifics. I'm sorry. What we tried last night. No. What he tried and failed at or what I tried and failed no, at. No. I, I just, I, I don't, I guess I just 
I don't. Yeah, and I would start a polo in the morning with, hey, God, I'm in a great mood today. So-and-so fed the kitty last night, and it was fire. And she's like, no. Feed the kitty? <laughs> what are you saying to me? I mean, and that actually, okay, if you if you didn't go on, I could probably handle feed the kitty. He you, fed the kitty. Yeah. was great. Right. But then I, I'm like, okay, hard stop. Then we're good. <laughs> I, I don't have much more to add other than that, to be honest. <laughs> we're good. All right. So let's But it's not like I want to tell everyone in the world about my sex life. You're just my best friend of 30 plus years. I, I want you to know about my sex life. So now I guess I'll just talk to your work friend and <laughs> she and I can talk about our sex lives. All the dirty things you got done did to you. <laughs> <laughs> also, I sort of feel like if I told you all the stuff that Todd and I did, then you would think about it when it's, we were together. I, and number one, I wouldn't. Um, I, maybe that's my problem. Maybe it, I would. Yeah. But the thing is, I am just as close to her husband as I am to her. I mean, obviously not. We've been friends a lot longer. But I consider him my best friend as much as I consider her my best friend. So because I know him so well and so intimately, I think you're probably worried that that might like come up in my thoughts or whatever. So shy. I, I hope he's giving it to you good and oh, getting the same. I think he would be really shy about it too. Oh, so he totally would be. I had to talk to him about this episode beforehand. Like, this is what I'm going to talk about. And I don't have anything really, you know, he's not perfect, nor am I. We've had issues to overcome, but he was like, just, you know, help a brother out. Like, don't be, don't be throwing me under Don't the make bus. me sound bad. <laughs> as long as it's all good, we're all good. I'm like, okay, fine. Yeah. So, I mean, in my in my 30s, I was single for the first part of my 30s. And that's really the first time because I had done an, um, enough self-work and therapy and some other stuff um, where I was starting to feel more excited sexually. I dated a really bad guy who gave it to me real, real good. <laughs> and it was the first time I was like, wow, wow, this is... And now then, you know what all the fuss oh, is about. And here's how not sexy I was, is that I was having a sexy date. This bitch stalks me. <laughs> I did. Stalks I, me. I blocked you so hard. Because I wasn't answering my texts okay. or whatever it was. And I'm like home, babies with dad. Okay, we had plans, P.S. Did we? Were they heart yes. plans? Yes. Or they I was plan? bringing Shane over at 4 o'clock. I roll by your place at 2 and your car's still there, and you're supposed to be picking your kid up at that time. Oh. I didn't know that she had called baby daddy and been like, I'm going to be late. I roll up to check on her because we lived a block away. I'm like, Mike, I'm doing a lap. Like, she's not answering my calls. Your neighbors. This has never done. So she has never not answered me, especially in the years of tiny babies. You answer your They're phone when you're a mama. So I roll up, and I see this motherfucker tiptoeing across the the street in his bare feet with his pants undone, reaching into his car, pulling out his wallet, and fishing for a condom. So embarrassing. He runs right back across the street, and I am doing a drive-by. I pull the car over. I'm like, who's this fucking axe murderer? I bang on the door. She bangs on my door. (laughs) I didn't know it was a condom at the time. I only knew that in hindsight. She thought he was getting a knife. I'm like, he's getting a knife. I don't know this fucking guy. She's the most important person in my life. What the fuck's happening? So I bang on the door. And she answers the door in a sheet like, what? And I was like, oh, this is, you're, this is what you oh. want for me. <laughs> but you never did it. So I never thought it was going to be a thing. And it was such a yeah, thing. It was a thing. Yeah. And he was not a good fella. I mean, he was good in the sack. And he, good in all the ways he needed to be. Am I right? Yeah. He was kind of a bad guy, though. But uh, but that was when I first started to feel empowered sexually Okay, so I'll say one more story because this is really, I don't have a lot of good sexual empowerment stories, sadly, until I got married. 
But I was at a party. It was a huge work party. And I was feeling real, real good. I was feeling myself. And there was this much younger guy. He was, I was a producer working at a company with lots of shows. They had a big, like, gala. Right? So we're at all these tables. And this fucking guy, the whole night, is just flirting so hard with me. Like, so hard. And at the end of the night... How okay, how young? Like, okay, so get... he... I, I was probably... It was before I met my husband. So I was probably like 33, which means he was probably 24, Ooh, 25. Young. Nice. He was cute. Young, but not too young. No, not too young. He was a working individual. Making a living for himself. And at the end of the night, we were sort of saying our goodbyes. And I just said, so, what's your plan? And he said, what do you mean? I'm like, you do not flirt with a woman the way you've been flirting with me all night and not have a plan. What's your plan? I was so good verbally. How cool was that? She's so funny. Never been that cool since in my life. And he was like, I'm going to get a bottle of wine and come to your house. But here's the sad part. The sex, meh. He was young. It was okay, you know. It was fine. It was I, mean, fine. I mean, and that's been honestly a lot of my experience is sort of been a little bit of a letdown sexually. I think I just kind of had a lot of like letdowns. Mm. You know, I never was one of those like, oh, we had this one night stand and I was like transported. Yeah, just never really happened. I don't know. Can you really get transported with a one night stand? Because I could only get transported from someone I've got some real big feels for. Okay, maybe trans. I never could even. Have an orgasm. Yeah. I just couldn't. I mean, because she's so in her head about everything in the world, it makes perfect sense that she's in her head. And about oftentimes, this. even now in my current relationship, I gotta help a situation out. I gotta take care of me personally, even in the midst of being with my partner. And and my husband is so open. He's like, I don't care. There's no part of him that feels insecure about that or feels less than. He's like, I just want you to be happy. And whatever, if this is, if what's happening isn't working for you, let's try something else. But I would never have done that then. Oh, it would just be too embarrassing. <laughs> too embarrassing for me. That's so funny. So that was my early 30s. And your early 30s, you were ensconced in your relationship. I was. Your marriage. I was. I had my first baby at 28. You guys had a really kind of exciting chemistry and thing happening when you first met. Oh, yeah. And then babies, which is a big thing. Oh, babies our babies killed that. our sex and life. That's huge for a And we had people. a great sex life. But it was all, it was usually me who was fucking that up because I, like most women, I live in my head. And um, when I'm full of resentment, mm-hmm. I am not having a good time. No. I There was so much resentment that happened with me after we had kids because he just... He just dipped. I mean, to be perfectly honest, like my husband uh, of 20 years, super nice guy, but he couldn't, he couldn't handle it. He was the first one of his friends to have children. Mm -hmm. He didn't have any good parenting examples. He didn't have any parenting examples. His generation of parents treated parenting so differently than we do now. And I had very strong opinions on how to parent our children. And he just felt like surfing and kite surfing and paragliding were far more important things to do than stay home and I raise mean, children. For the first <laughs> at least two years of our, our kids were born six months apart. For at least the first two years, every Friday night. I Thursday was, and Friday. I was at, we were together. And so we kept that tradition going. Why were we together? Because my husband was going so out. So I was at every Friday night, we were helping this motherfucker pick out his shirt to go oh, out. Oh, he would do a fashion show for every, his going like, out with his friends. For real? Yeah. And he would literally, and he loved it. Oh, God, he ate it up with a spoon. We'd be like, okay, what are you going to wear? <laughs> you know, but as 
And that was me trying to be the chameleon and mm-hmm. be okay. Accepting. So And be okay that he wanted to be out with his friends every Friday night while I'm home with the kids. And then that meant hangover Saturdays. Mm-hmm. And then Saturdays, of course, is the only day he could surf because he worked during the week. So then all day Saturday was a surf day. And then if the surf was good Sunday, I mean, then that had to be a surf day too. And we would have fights about it. And and it just got nowhere. And so here I am going, oh, you're not giving me what I need? Well, I'm not going to give you what you need. And sex as currency is a really... It's pretty common. I've done it, I guess. It was my only, it was the only thing I could control. And you learned then, I think later in in hindsight, and my husband was the first one to say this to me, because I was like, I'm just not happy or I'm not whatever. And he's like, oh, you're saying I'm not, I'm not fucking your brain. That's right. I'm not fucking, fuck the brain first. Fuck the brain first. Fill up that tank. That's right. You weren't getting your tank filled. I was not. My tank was on empty. And here's a funny fun fact for you. This is hysterical for both of us for very different reasons. Studies say that couples who share chores have more sex. Couples who reported sharing housework fairly and equally with a with the man doing more than a third and up to 65% of the housework have more sex significantly more often than couples where the woman does most of the housework. So not fair. My face is real fucking pissed right now. I'm pissed. <laughs> he didn't do his share of the housework. Uh uh-uh. uh. He didn't. Do... He didn't do his share of. He the division of labor was grossly unfair. <laughs> Indeed it was. And I will say Indeed I also was. worked full time, and because my work was farther away, I was gone out of the house longer yeah. than he was. I used to get real incensed about it. Yeah. And it's funny because I'd never this. I read this statistic two days ago, and that I just is had fucking facts. Fucking you know how much more I would have fucked that man if he did anything around that house. Here's the deal. Ah. Uh, I was texting with my oldest stepdaughter, whom I love, and she house it for us. How was house sitting for us because we were away for a few days, and when I got back from our trip, I noticed that our stove was really spotlessly clean. And I remember thinking before we left, "Oh God, the fucking stove! It's so gross. I feel bad. I know she likes to cook, but I'm sorry, I just don't have time." And so when we get back in town, I go into the kitchen. And I'm like, oh, my God, the stove is spotless. So I immediately texted her and I said, honey, did you clean the stove off? It looks so beautiful. Thank you. She's like, no, I didn't do that. So I texted my husband and he's like, oh, yeah, I cleaned it. I didn't want it to be messy in case Brittany wanted to cook. So I told her this and she said, you realize you married a magical unicorn. Absolutely. How did I meet a man who, A, makes me look fucking easy breezy, like way less uptight and makes me look like I'm, I'm, I'm fucking tidy. Oh, yeah. He, I can mother, vouch for that. This motherfucker's tidy. But this is not to toot his horn, which I will. I will praise him all the time beep, for beep. that. But I think that a lot of times I'm way more forgiving about other things because he's just such a 50-50 partner in that way. And as far as keeping up the household. Absolutely. And I he know, shops. He cooks. He cleans. So I would say, honestly, and he would say this is not true, I think he does a lot more than I do, actually. Oh, I'm going to agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> I totally hands down agree with that. 100 fucking percent. But you also do more in the socio-emotional aspect of your life. This is You true. are the reason he has, you know, such a tight bond with his kids. You are the reason. You are the social coordinator of your family. You're the one who's keeping up on, hey, and the you know, one. this one seems overwhelmed. This one, I think, needs you. This one needs some time here. We have to host them. We have to take care of them. We have to show them love. Yeah. Like, of course, this one's going to live with us while this is happening. Like, you are, That's you're the mama. True. I do. And I mean, and I do clean and cook and do those things, but I don't do the man. stuff he does a lot of what would be considered the woman stuff and the man stuff and i think that 
I was like, maybe that's why we have a pretty good sex life all these years later. I think that's exactly Isn't that why. Isn't crazy? I was, I, I mean, I literally, while we were discussing this episode topic, I was like, how did she get so lucky that 17 years in, they're still so happy sexually? Well, you just fucking explained <laughs> it. he does the With dishes. your factoid. Is there something he I don't know. Anyway. So okay. So we're moving on. is important. I will say yes. I don't have a lot to report in the, the 40s in the sense I met my husband in my late 30s. That's really when I did a lot of my self-improvement, my self-work. And it's the first time I met somebody who I could not keep my hands off of. I was like, oh, my God, I just want to fuck you all the time. I seriously, I can't even. Once you got him in the right clothes, all that's off. Oh, my God. <laughs> I still liked him in his dumb jeans shorts. shorts. <laughs> oh, my God. But. It was that for me, all bets were off. That was when I finally felt really beautiful and really desired and really able to say what I needed and not have to fake an orgasm because I had just said I didn't have one. We could improve. <laughs> we could improve yes. what we're doing here. Um, so that was pretty much my experience. So my sense of self-worth and sense of happiness. And I would say it's because I met a really nice person who does chores, but I also would say it's because I fucking went to lots of therapy and so did he and i mean you guys to, yes. both work on each other we, you you we did i always say that they tend their garden indeed they do that's a good way to put it a relationship is active work period and then your 40s were now like finally like yeah mama's gonna throw the cat around let's go <laughs> i uh, did uh, 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 uh. <laughs> that's so funny okay the one thing i will say is that i just want to touch on briefly is the other way that having children screwed up my sex life was mm. when your body is not looking like your body. Yeah. I am somebody who, who my sex drive will tank if I feel terrible in my in my skin. If I am, I, I've and I've spent a lot of time yo-yoing weight-wise. I mean, not dramatically, but I would say probably close to two and a half years ago now, I lost about 30 pounds that I'd been carrying for a good 10 years. Once that weight came off, and I was still in my marriage, um, once that weight came off, all of a sudden I was yippee kaye again. But I will say this. But it also coincided with the time when my children became independent. And you had been working on yourself and your spiritual and mental and emotional health consistently. So I wouldn't say you were in a fucked up mental place, but you you lost 30 pounds and all of a sudden you felt magical. I think you'd been doing a lot of hard work. And I think the 30 pounds probably went away with the... With the mental health. Yeah, <laughs> you know, for sure. The and and I think you were also, whether it was conscious or subconscious, I think you were looking forward, knowing that there was going to be a time in the not too distant oh, future where yes. you were going to set out on your own and you wanted to feel your best. That's true. You know? That's definitely true. Yeah. Um, Which, sorry, sorry, I feel bad for my ex at that point. Like, you know, I mean, I didn't actively lose weight because I was leaving my marriage. But when I loved myself enough to give myself permission to have all these feelings, I think a lot of the reasons I was eating went away. Yeah. You know, if, if, if you know, I'm a stress eater, just like so many people. You worked really hard on all of that. I, I did. I did. Yeah, you did. This yeah, is yay for you. Patting myself on the back right there. Um, yes. Yeah. So what has changed for me in my 40s, and I'm 48, uh, just as a reminder, is that 18 months ago, I split with my husband of 20 years. And that first year, I did a lot of active tindering. And dating. I, I will say I'm not somebody who was like a hookup person. Like I didn't just like, oh, who am I going to have sex with tonight? Which a lot of younger people do. And if that's your jam, knock yourself out. Well, I just hope happy. you be safe. Right. Yeah. I, I dated. I, you know, I jokingly say I had a lot of sex, but I had a lot of sex for someone who wasn't having sex a lot for 20 years. I mean, our, my sex life was fine, as I said. But when, like I said, when those resentments build up, it's it's infrequent. Mm-hmm. So and what you said something like <laughs> I'm like a dry sponge. I got a lot to soak in. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that is exactly Yeah, it. my husband and I were like, every time. 
poor Todd. He's like, oh, I can't take it. it was, he was just like, I would follow a, her about like a, a guy I went out on a date with or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and to be honest, there's there's probably four people that I really had a sexual relationship with. Yeah. Since the split, which in 18 months for me, that was a lot. And one of whom I've been dating for six months now. Um, yeah. So, I mean, really? Three in a year? Come on. I'm, I'm it pretty, just felt like... Nana's I, pretty mild-mannered at this point. I think it was also just that combined with all... You were date, you were going on so many dates. Yeah, so was I was going on dates. a lot of dates. And I wasn't necessarily... I wasn't, how I'm saying, having sex with all of them. But I, I, was, no. I was doing a lot of kissing. And I was doing a lot of dating. And I was maybe not making the best choices in who I would date. Uh, you know, people who are separated, but not as separated as they should be, come to find out, or or things like that. Yeah, there was a lot of us. I mean, as Vanessa said, I am Vanessa's best friend and lifelong friend, but Todd has, over the years, become very attached to Vanessa and loves you so much and cares about you. And there would be times where we were like, oh, God, she, oh, is she going to get hurt? What's going to happen? Is she going to beat somebody? Now? We were so worried about you. And, I mean, it, really, you're dating and... It really helped us work through a lot of our own issues in our marriage, too. Well, you're welcome. Because he got a little scared. Yeah, he, uh, that's true. When I ended my relationship, I, I mean, obviously, my ex and Todd were friends. They, they knew each other. And so they were here for the whole roller coaster that was our decoupling. And it did spark a lot of conversations in you really guys. Talk did. about that a little bit. Well, I mean, <clears throat> I think that you ending your marriage felt like a release because we'd seen you be sad for so long and we'd seen you kind of not be as happy as we knew as we wanted you to be. And when you went out there and started dating though, and you were really having a lot of fun and there was a lot of new things happening and and it kind of coincided with um, Todd and I having, you know, some pretty big issues in our, in our marriage, which I won't throw him under the bus and get into too many details, but I felt alone a lot. I was lonely. He was working all the time. He, I mean, he was gone for, at one point last year, he was gone for three months at least. In another state. Into an, yeah. yeah, I didn't see him. I mean, we saw each other, you know, every few weeks. But uh, there was a lot of unhappiness and a lot of uncertainty. And, uh, you know, there was a period where he was just really shutting down on me. And, like, I went, I didn't speak to him for, what, like four or five days, which is the first time I hadn't spoke to him for more than a day in 17 years. And I think I kind of did feel like you ending your marriage and starting something new, it kind of made me think, is this, is this where I want to be? Is this really what I want? And I think he saw that and he got really scared. Yeah. Um, you sort of get this idea of, well, if she can do it, I can do it. Exactly. And he asked me, are you going to want to do that now? And I, and I of course was like, no, my goal is to be in a happy marriage with but, you. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, but I'd like it to be with you. Um, so it was good for us, actually. I mean, it was that was I was also going through menopause horribly, which we can talk about sex and menopause in a minute. But that was really a catalyst for a lot of great conversations for us and really hopefully getting on the other side of some really bad stuff. But you ending your marriage and getting out there into the big, great dating world was definitely like, oh, Jesus. And so I will say I had a very successful year of dating. Like I've, I've heard a lot of nice people. people. I really, I, I am friends with every single person I dated last year. I mean, we don't like chit chat all the time. It's not you're going to lunch. But. No, but you know, I will still like their posts on Instagram. I will still, you know, send a funny meme once in a while if it reminded me of that person. I will say I came into dating like a teenager 
in the way I couldn't back then. You know, mm-hmm. I, I knew I'm going to be sexually aggressive. That's who I am. If I want you to go faster or harder or flip it over or do this or point down, I'm going to tell you. And if you can't fucking handle it, hit the road, Jack, because I'll find someone who can. And that's the good news. And I that's mean, the difference. There, yeah, there's so many myths about sex and aging. And I would say one of the things, you know, I laugh when I hear younger people say, like, you know, you're in your 70s and you, people are still doing it or whatever. Well, yeah. I mean, obviously things are going to change. You have a good friend who's 70 and still doing it. I do. I really, really she do. loves her man and they have a they good love each sex other. life. It's sweet. And um, the nice thing about getting older is you aren't going to buy into the bullshit, hopefully, yes. as much as you would have. Exactly. And it let me know, too, that, you know, compatibility is not easy. You're not going to be compatible with everyone you end up in any situation with. You're not going to be compatible on a date. You might not be compatible in bed. Your timing may be off. You know, I fell pretty hard for somebody who our timing was just way off right last year. Right person, wrong time. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, he was one who was still should have been not married, but was still married, yeah. but yet living apart. It was just a weird thing. Yeah, that was when we were like, but her heart broke. But you know what? I mean, it was, you know, three or four months of my life. And the good news was, is that I left it because it wasn't enough for me. Yeah. I didn't try to become what it needed to be. I didn't sit around and be okay with what I wasn't getting. And you took the the stuff that he was able to give you, which was a lot of doting and special magical little things that yeah. that He was oh. very good to me when he wanted to be. And so I think you took away like wait I want that all the time. Yes. I'm not willing to just say this is enough. Right. And sit in silence and hope it changes. Yeah. That would, I mean, so. He's a great guy. He just wasn't ready for me. Yeah. And so many of us, I think we think we can change the men or there's not something better. So we should settle. I mean. Yeah. I refuse. I can't anymore. Yeah. I can't. I mean, and it's so funny because once I let that go, once I let that person go in that situation, because I held on to that for a couple months and pined away and and sort of wondered. I did ask myself that question. Can I be okay with this? Because, mm-hmm. boy, when we were together, it, like you said, he was very doting on me and I'd never had that before. And as soon as I finally closed the door on that relationship, boom, like the person who would dote on me every day and was here for it showed up like immediately. But what I loved about the beginning of your current relationship is that your other relationship started out with this, like a bang. It was like, boom. It was like fire. It was, oh my God, it was crazy. And it was just like a whirlwind. Yes. And with your current person, it was a slow burn. Oh yeah. A really slow burn. And I kept, I remember saying to Vanessa a lot of times like, give yeah. it a chance, give it yeah. a chance. And then she gave it a chance. I, and then true. it became very, you know, really satisfying and really happy and yeah. really fulfilling. But- and romantic and sexy and all Yeah, I mean, things. I knew on our first date that I had big feelings for him, but he and I are very different people. We're very similar, just like you and me. Mm-hmm. We have a lot of similarities, but our differences are pretty big. Like, I am super positive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's like, he's a little bit of a curmudgeon. Yeah. You know, and we balance each other out, I think, really well. But I knew right away I had feelings for him, but I didn't have that, wow, right away. You're absolutely right. And, and I was right. thinking, like, well, maybe that's a good thing. Yeah. You know, maybe yeah. it's a good thing. So, but you kind of found a new found sense of yourself and sexuality in your 40s. A hundred percent. And I think he did too. I We had a conversation about this, you know. He was in, you know, a, a long marriage, obviously. He's got grown kids and we don't have that struggle of parenting together. And mm-hmm. we don't have that dependence on the other one to get our day, just basic day-to-day needs met. And so it is very light and easy to be with him. And when we are together, it is so fun. 
And I said, well, like, is this always how you are sexually with your partners? Mm-hmm. And he's like, no. <laughs> and so yeah. I think we both just found our voice at this age. We realized not a lot of time left to be fucking around. Why not? Why not just be open about who you are and what you like? Well, and I think that's also about compatibility, you yes. know, because, you know, that was I mean, Todd and I started dating in our 30s. And I think it was the same way. I think we both had um, a lot of stuff that was holding us back from asking for what we wanted or trying new things or feeling ashamed or embarrassed. And I was more of the, um, once I felt really comfortable with him, I was more of the one like, hey, let's do this. Let's try this. And he was just always so game for it. So I think it's also learning to trust that partner. Yes. You know, you trust that I, well, if I say something, you're not going to think I'm strange or weird and just find compatibility. I mean, I'm sure compared to you, we're so vanilla. And you know what? Vanilla sex is great sex as long as you're both on board with vanilla. I mean, as long as you well, both like vanilla. Know, you just don't want someone to like chocolate and someone to like vanilla. I always wonder, though, if my definition of vanilla is somebody else's definition of spicy as fuck. Oh, I mean, I'm it's, sure. It's not like we're just doing missionary 24-7. Uh, you know, yeah. We're, we're mixing it up. But I mean, we're not like, I don't have a bag of tricks. I got a bag of tricks. I don't got a bag of tricks. But to be perfectly honest, my bag of tricks is just for myself. I don't whip it out with my partner. <laughs> I have an intense, I have an intense bag of tricks. It's all for myself. But the good news is, is that you can always rediscover yourself sexually. And I, you know, just encourage you to, or anybody, ask for what you need. Absolutely. And if you can't, That's the moral of the story today, kids. And you might find that ask you're... Ask for what you want. Maybe, I don't, I don't know. Sometimes you don't ask for what you need. And you tell yourself the reason is because your partner won't be able to give that to you or they won't understand. But I think a lot of times... It's because you're afraid yeah. of rejection or sounding stupid or it's embarrassing or being disappointed, but at least give them the chance. You're never going to know. Take it from a squeaky wheel. All right. Ooh. I think we've talked about sex enough for today. We have yeah. more episodes on sex coming. You definitely do. <laughs> coming. <laughs> See what I did there? Um, I have really enjoyed this and you opened up far more than I thought you would and I'm super fucking proud of you. Don't make me talk about nipple clamps. Oh. <laughs> <laughs>